Thanks for joining us online. We're getting ready to go. Uh, worship was awesome earlier, and now that you're here, even better. Uh, and then we'll hop into Philippians 4, 7. We're talking about the peace of God that passes understanding. I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you. So get a coffee, get ready. Here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. Good morning. You all sound very awake. Someone's had their coffee. I've been smelling the coffee. It's good. It's real good. I try to actually not drink it on Sundays because I need all the water I can get. So I just go around sniffing everyone else's cups. I know that's a little weird. I don't get my nose in it, but you know. I've had four cups so far. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, hope you're enjoying some baby's coffee. We're glad to see all your faces here. I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do this morning in case you didn't know. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And we had a lot. We had just a really sweet time last night and earlier at 8 a.m. So we're looking forward to doing that with you guys again with our 930 flavor, our spice, our spice, our 930 spice. You just wanted me to react to that. Our little seasoning. I'm just waiting to see if you ever do. Well, I wasn't going to, but now I did. After worship, Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who are here who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classes, and then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Encourager Part 14 today. We're getting close to the end of this series. Before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We love your presence, Papa. Thank you for meeting us here this morning. Papa, we thank you for all that you're already doing in our lives. And we ask that you would fill us with your peace, that you would wash it over us from the tops of our head to the bottoms of our feet. Papa, we want to walk with you. And to do that, we have to be in your peace. So let all those distractions fall to the wayside. Help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, Look mercifully upon your people so that by your great mercy, we may be always governed and preserved both in body and soul through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst. We'll see the words pop up on the screens. You guys are welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. This is Amazing Grace.
God, for this time of worship in your presence. You're so good to us. You're so faithful. You're so true. You alone are worthy of the glory and the honor and the blessing, God. You are worthy. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts to you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them, give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. So excited. Something amazing is happening in today's Bible story. You will never, ever believe it. Yeah, except for God. Hello, I love that dress, Abby. Okay, guys. Hi, Patrick. Hi. All right, guys. So we are still following Joshua, right? Joshua and God's people have been in the promised land, and God has been with them, right? He helped them to take over the cities of Jericho and Ai. And now they had made peace with the people living in the city of Gibeon, right? And all of a sudden, five kings decided to attack the city of Gibeon. And the Gibeonites were like, oh, no, let's tell Joshua about what's happening, right? So they sent a message saying, help us, save us. And Joshua and the Israelites went to help the people of Gibeon. And God told Joshua, do not be afraid of the five kings and their armies, because I will give you victory over this battle, right? It's okay, yeah. And then when God, when Joshua and his army arrived, the kings were surprised. They didn't know they were coming. And God was helping the Israelites win the battle. So the five kings and their armies, they ran away. But God sent a hailstorm to stop them. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So the battle continued. And Joshua and God's people, they needed more light. They needed more time in order to fight their enemies. So Joshua prayed this. It's an amazing thing. This is what he said. He said, God, please make the sun and the moon stop and be still. Do you guys think that God answered that prayer? Raise your hand if you think, yes, he did. <gasps> Good, Abby. Okay. Well, Joshua 10, 13 tells us, so the sun stood still and the moon, it stayed in place until the nation of Israel had had defeated its enemies. So yes, right? They had light for a whole day. Have you ever heard of that? Light for a whole day? Isn't that incredible? Yes. God's miracles, right? And as God's people traveled into the promised land, he fought for them and helped them to take the land that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, guys. And not only that, but for many years afterwards, they didn't have to fight any more battles. No, no more battles because God had given them peace and rest from their enemies. In the same way, Jesus, right, has come so that we can be saved, right? So that we can have rest from our enemies, death and sin. Isn't that awesome? So yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. So you ready to say the Bible verse with me? Okay. Joshua 10:13. So the sun stood still, and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Excellent job, guys. So good. Okay, so we give you stickers, right, so that you will remember that God rewards those who diligently seek him, who want to be his friends, right? Cool. Here you go, Patrick. There, awesome. 
All right, guys. So now we're going to pray, and then we get to go to our classrooms and have a lot of fun. Ready? All right. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, for sending Jesus to save us, Lord God. We thank you that Jesus defeated sin and death forever. And we thank you that we can trust you whenever battles come up in our lives, Lord, for you have promised to be with us. In Jesus' name, what do we say, guys? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Okay, have fun. Amen. Have fun. I love watching these kids. One of them went to pray and fell over. I'm like, that happens when you're very young and then when you're very old. (laughs) Well... Very glad you're here. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you with us as well. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that QR code that just popped up on the screen is for you. If you were to point your smart device at it with the camera on, a link will pop up on your phone. And if you press that link, you'll go to our digital connect card. That would ask you for your name and your phone number and your email address. We would love to have you fill that out. But please know, as you do, it will um, cause a number of texts and emails to be sent to you over the next five or six weeks. And uh, so that's part of the deal. But uh, they'll just let you know who we are and ask questions and all sorts of fun stuff. There's also a gift for any first-time guests uh, back at guest services. So if you didn't get a gift on the way in, you stop by there on your way out and grab a gift. We, uh, one of the things that we do here at the Vineyard is we pray for our neighbors. It's something I ask you to do all week long. As you know, you're pulling into your house and pulling away from your house and walking around your house. Just pray for your neighbors. Just uh, lift them up to the Lord. And then when we gather corporately, we do the same thing together. So why don't you just think about a few of your neighbors right now, kind of get them in your mind. And let's go to the Lord. Papa, we come before you and we pray for our neighbors. We ask, God, that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. And, God, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Keep praying for your neighbors. Makes a difference. I had one of my neighbors show up at church the other week and said, Hey, you've been praying for me apparently, and here I am. I was like, Yay. Keep it up. Makes a difference. Speaking of that, Easter's two weeks away. And uh, we love, well, we love every weekend. We celebrate Jesus, right? And, and, but Easter, there's something about Easter because it's an opportunity to invite people to church and There are two times a year when it's really likely that they will accept your invitation, Easter and Christmas. And so um, I want you inviting people to church for Easter weekend. And to help you with that, out on the table on your way out are these invitations. And they're in stacks of five. These are identical information, just one is round and one is a rectangle. Okay, so whichever you like best, um, please take a stack of five. Or if you think you can do better than that, grab a couple of stacks. I have plenty. But... Over the next two weeks, invite people to come for Easter. You'll be surprised at how many people will say yes. And so you just give it to them and say, hey, we've got Easter. We'll have a great time on Easter weekend. We'll make sure that your guests are welcomed and treated well. We have a really nice gift for everybody that day, all of you guys as well. We have a great Easter gift to give you. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go all out and we'll definitely preach the gospel and we'll do what's important. Okay, so invite people to come um, for that weekend, lots of events coming up that they talked about. Also, April 8th, we're doing an Easter VBS. So that's this Friday. Yes, for the kids from three to ages 3 to 11. And Pastor Georgina asked me to ask because she needs some more volunteers. If you can volunteer that night, uh, you can either do that on the app or the website, or you can find her and let her know. But that would be great. And I do like to mention two weeks out, we have a baptism coming up. Oh, I love baptisms. We do it on Easter Saturday just because it's something that we want you to remember it. If you've never been baptized, you need to, that's something I call a biblical non-negotiable. If you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and you've never been baptized, you need to get baptized. Other people will come because they don't remember their baptism. And I'm not saying it, you know, it didn't take or whatever. It's such a powerful memory. You should have one. And so you can sign up for that on the app as well, or you can let us know 
that uh, you want to get back, just make sure you tell one of us, okay? Or just show up on that Saturday, a couple of weeks from now. So that's the big deal that's coming up, and we're excited about that. Uh, where are we here? <clears throat> we're continuing on in a series called Encourager. We're a long ways in. The, the ministry of encouragement is what this has been about. Such an important ministry. It's at the heart of Holy Spirit. His, he's called a, his, his name, Paraclete is one of his names. And it means a comforter or encourager or advocate. And because uh, it's a ministry of Holy Spirit, because he dwells in us, it's to be our ministry as well. And the world needs us to be encouragers. To encourage means to put courage into people. And we're to put courage in them to love God and follow God. The enemy is a discourager. He's doing the exact opposite, which is why we need to step up and be encouraged. And so we looked at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 for 10 weeks. And we, we hung out there because those verses are all about being encouraged so you can encourage. Then we talked about Barnabas real quick, the son of encouragement. And the Bible says that he was a, he was a good person full of Holy Spirit and faith. And that, that's something that we all need to sort of be recognized as. And so from there, we, I said, let's look at Philippians 4, 4 through 8, because Paul there develops in very practical ways the fruit of the Spirit being developed in us, which will help us to sort of be like Barnabas, being like Jesus. So that's where we're at. We're in Philippians 4, 4 through 8. We're actually in verse 7 today, talking about the peace that passes understanding. Bad jokes. These were quite bad, apparently. I kind of liked some of them. Part of the problem is I find a lot of these jokes at like 3.34 in the morning, which is, I'm getting up then. I'm not up still. I'm up. I'm waking up. And they're hilarious to me in my office all alone. And then probably not so funny. What is the opposite of a croissant? A happy uncle. Cross ant. I'm skipping over four to give you this one. What if you what do you get if you cross an angry sheep with a moody cow? An animal that's in a bad mood. <laughs> kids would love that, right? My wife said you already dismissed all the kids. Ah, there's kids at heart. Last one. Can a kangaroo jump higher than the Empire State Building? Of course. Buildings can't jump. Alice, my love, please come. Lead us in the reading of the word. Pray for us because we need it. Kangaroos. That's funny. I liked the one with the sound effects the best. At least there were sound effects, right? <laughs> yes, mood. Mood. <laughs> you got to change animals, which is tricky. Oh, tricky. Very tricky, yes. <laughs> okay. You can't do the moo like a sheep because that would... Okay. Okay, honey, that's good. All right, I'm going to try to pray now. Let's press into Papa, shall we? (laughs) Lord, you're so good to us, and we are so very grateful for this day, for this time to worship you, to abandon our hearts to you. Papa, I pray that you would take us from the shallows and into the deep, Lord. We long for you like a a key deer pants for water in the middle of summer, Lord. We long for you, and we ask you to quench our first thirst. Let those breakers just wash over us, Lord. Separate us from the things that keep us from you and from each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of John, and this is Jesus speaking. We're going to be in chapter 14, verses 23 through 27. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you everything I have said to you. Peace I give you. Peace I live with you. My peace I give you. Do not give, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You can be seated. 
I wanted to just leave that up, go back a verse before we press in from the scripture reading, because it's a word that I keep bringing up to you, where it says there, but the advocate, that's that word paraclete. Your translation might say uh, uh, counselor, comforter, all sorts of things are there, but it's, it could be the word encourager. But the encourager, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said to you. That's what Jesus is saying. And then when that's happening, this peace, the, the peace of God settles on us. And that's what this message is all about today, is about knowing and experiencing the peace of God in our lives. Now, we've been really pressing into Philippians 4, 4 through 8, uh, and just amazing verses. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, regard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And, and that passage is so powerful. And I said, I just um, see the Apostle Paul is really leading us in the development of the fruit of the Spirit. And, and what he's saying up to this point is he's already uh, started out by talking about being joyful, joy, one of the fruits of the experiencing joy. And that, that Joy is in the Lord. It's not about circumstance. It's about knowing Him and realizing who He is and what He's done in our lives. That sort of joy will lead us to be more gentle people. And we talked about gentleness, again, a fruit of the Spirit. And in our culture, often gentleness is confused with weakness, and it couldn't be further from the truth. The gentleness that he's talking about is one of the most powerful things that uh, we have available to us because when you can speak to people and love people in a gentle way, it has the uh, ability to impact them that you can't do from other places in your life. And so that gentleness then builds... And the next thing that we're reminded of by Paul is not to give in to the temptation of the enemy who tries to keep us in uh, worry and anxiousness because there's no life there. And so we have these things happening. And, and then what they lead to is this amazing promise, this amazing blessing, the glorious peace of God and the peace of God. So you move from, from the, uh, this joy and this gentleness and staying away from worry and what you experience is the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which is like the most, the peace of God is so cool that you can't explain it or fully grasp it. It passes understanding. It's that amazing. will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this peace of God guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And we should, as followers of Jesus, and when I say, I mean, people who have responded to the invitation, we've Believed in our heart, confessed with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Holy Spirit now dwells in us in that heaven and earth sort of connection place. We've been, we've been saved, born again, made new. We're new creation people. What other sort of vocabulary you like there? We, our sins have been forgiven. We're reconciled to God. And as we press into Him, we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we begin to experience life differently, differently than we used to before we knew him, and certainly differently than the culture around us experiences life. And that's a big deal. It's this amazing gift that we have, this now and forever, full and abundant life. And and so this peace that he's talking about is something that we're to experience. We don't need to live lives of worry, fear, anger, frustration. I'll keep going until I get everybody. (laughs) We don't need to because of whose we are and the life that he gives us. It doesn't mean that life goes without a hitch because we live in a fallen world on a broken planet. But there's something about the way as believers that we can experience life that's different than um, anybody else can. And that's the blessing that we have. And without experiencing that peace, it's very easy for us to get distracted and, and begin to focus in on our own, 
like we get ourselves at the center of the story. I tell you all the time, this is Jesus' story, his story. And he's the noun of the story. He invites us into his story as adjectives. We describe him. That's where we find life. Whenever we try to become the noun of the story and get ourselves at the center, there is no life there. It's a miserable place to be. And, and so as believers, we need to experience this peace so we keep things moving in the way that God has designed and ordered them. And when we're not experiencing peace, we need to see it as a, like a, a sign or a warning that something is off kilter and it's on our end. And we need to make some adjustments. It's like almost like a, a, a warning light on a dashboard, right? You, you know you're supposed to deal with them when they pop up. You're not supposed to go, well, that's a pretty color. And then a few miles later, oh, look, now there's two. <laughs> that's nice. We deal with them, right? They're, because things are going on. And this idea of having some peace in our lives, a measure of peace is something that we need to be very much aware of because when we're not experiencing it, it means that we need to make a shift in the way that we're looking at things. And so uh, 4.7 says we should have you know peace in our hearts and in our minds. So let's talk about it here first, this peace in your heart. <clears throat> Jesus says in John 14.27, we read it, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as uh, the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. When the scripture is talking about the heart, it's not the uh, the organ in our chest that pumps blood. It's not the word for it. They they used it as a word. We would probably now the better way to understand it. We would say that if if you're if you're not feeling well in your gut, I don't know a better way to say that. And just think about how sometimes when you experience something that's not right. You feel it here a lot of times. You get what I'm talking about? It's the best way I know how to explain it. And that's what's happening with the scripture. You kind of feel it. it's an unsettledness that happens inside you in that way. And Jesus is saying, listen, you, you don't need to experience that in your life. But we do need to be aware of it because it happens. And when it happens, if it sticks with us, we need to deal with it. Because the, the, the follow-up is you don't need to be afraid. And normally that... That sort of feeling I'm trying to describe, another word for it would be dread, when sort of a dread settles on you, and it's, and it's all stirred up in there. So we need to be aware of it, um, but there are some things that we can do about it. So if we're not having peace in our hearts, something we need to be aware of. Secondly, he says, you know, he guards this peace, also guards your mind, that we should have a peace in our mind. I love what happens here in Isaiah 26. God, you will keep in perfect peace... Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. Now, this sort of situation in our mind, I, I think what we're going for here is that sort of place when you, your mind will not stop spinning or moving or thinking on a thing. Can you relate to what I'm talking about? It just gets going and it, it, it just keeps taking you there. Sometimes it might happen for so that you don't sleep very well. It might kick in. It might engage there. And you're like, oh, great. Uh, or it could happen in the middle of the night. Or just in the course of your day. All of a sudden, you get something. And it's like gets stuck in a loop. And you can't unloop it. And you're, you're just spending time and energy on that. It ties into that verse last week in Philippians 4.6. Uh, about worry and anxiousness. But let me tell you, when, when that starts to happen, when your mind won't settle down, it's usually a trust issue. And, and we experience this, so don't, I'm not picking on anybody. It, it means normally that we're not really trusting God in that particular area the way that we need to. And so we've picked it up and we think we have to figure it out and deal with it and make it work and... Um, our mind then starts engaging and it's not where we experience peace in our lives. And so these are sort of both warning signs, right? First, the sort of the gut feeling, you know what I'm talking about, or the, the head, the, the brain, the, you know, your mind won't settle down. If those things are happening, what we need to understand is that we experience his peace when we're in his presence. The peace for our heart and the peace for our mind is found in his presence. And so when we're 
focusing on Him, when we're yielding to Holy Spirit, when we're, when we're walking together with Him, we should have a measure of peace in our lives. Now, I have found that uh, in defining what that looks like, it's different for everyone. And, and so uh, there's, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all definition here. It's different for everyone. For me, I would say that this measure of peace that I'm talking about is, is I, I, it's like my soul is at rest. It, it means that even though there are situations happening around me, which I'd rather not have happening, and that's part of living in a fallen world on a broken planet. That's pretty normative for living here until Jesus gets back. Somehow, despite those things, I'm at a place where I know that I can trust Him, I know that He's with me, I know that He's for me. And, and that, that, that from that comes this place of peace where that inner feeling settles down and my mind can stop racing it. And if you're not, if you can't get there, well, you know, some of the things that we need to do quickly is, is maybe we can get back to there by just sort of... Have you, have you ever thought about the power of a deep breath? You know why that's so... You know why a deep breath changes things? I have this thought. When you read the Old Testament, uh, and even into the New Testament, the word for breath and breathe and wind, they're all the same words as spirit. And I think that's on purpose. And there's something about just taking a deep breath, if you allow, that will connect you back to God, Holy Spirit. There's something about thinking that that gift, it's a gift, that breath is a gift from God. There's, there's sometimes I think in life when things are a little chaotic, just looking and seeing the breeze moving through the trees is, is a reminder that God is with us and for us because it's, it's the breath, it's spirit and it, it's who he is. So we, sometimes we, we need just to, we take a breath of what's going on and, and we can focus and hopefully that does the, the sort of movement that gets us back. It's not about an absence of conflict. Too often we think that's what peace is. Peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of God, no matter what the conflict. And that's what we're looking for, His presence. Now, one of the biggest problems that we have is that, you know, a deep breath is a wonderful thing if we can get there, if that helps us. But a lot of times it doesn't help us too much. And where we can get in trouble here is that we want then to turn to something to sort of fix that feeling in here or in here. And all of us have some comfort things that we turn to. It's part of our lives. Some of them are okay. Some of them definitely not okay. And um, we turn to them because all, usually they're quick and we have some measure of control over them. And so we go there. Uh, and the problem is they're not the ultimate answer. We, it's a shortcut that doesn't really work. It's like what we need is to get back into the presence of God, but we're looking for something that seems easier to us. And, and I would tell you that, sadly, I have a number of things in my life that I have turned to instead of God in those situations. Uh, way too long to talk about, um, and it, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you one, because I think it's helpful to sort of... Uh, you, when you're triggered into doing something you shouldn't, if you identify it, you can use it and move in a better direction. So um, sometimes throughout the course of my life when I'm feeling that way, uh, and it still happens sometimes, I'm settled like that and that, I, I often think that the best way to fix that is like a roast beef sandwich or a giant order of chicken wings. So, so most some of you are with me, right? Some of you, that's not your thing, so you're not with me, but some of you are with me. And... The problem is that there's some immediate thing, but then it, it, it doesn't last. It's not the answer to what I really need. But it can be helpful to move us in the right direction. I had this thing, so years ago, silly thing, how I made this connection and, and how I usually can pass over that step. Uh, I was watching this movie years ago, silly, silly movie called Stuart Saves His Family. Um, if you've never seen it, don't. But anyway... <laughs> This is not a recommendation from here. In this movie, everybody's a mess. And uh, Stuart's sister is a mess, and she has some food issues. And she's having this massive sort of anxiety thing, and she calls Stuart on the phone. And in the course of the conversation, what he says is, look, I normally wouldn't say this, 
but can you get to a pound cake? Now, to me, that was hilarious, right? So I totally got that. And, and that stuck with me. And so now oftentimes when I'm sort of trying to find a quick fix to that discomfort, on my way to getting it, opening the refrigerator, that silly thought will pop in my mind. Can you get to a pound cake? And I'm like, oh, rats. <laughs> because the, the thing is, the pound cake's not going to work. Listen, it's a spiritual battle. And what I know is, where I'm going to find life is if I press back into the presence of God. That's where the answer is. That's where the hope is. That's where the peace is. That's where life is. The enemy does not want me to do that. I, the enemy is there going, pound cake, pound cake. But the Lord just says, come to me. And, and if I can skip past that, then I find myself back in his presence. And I begin to experience his peace again. And that's what he wants from us. That's where life is. This is the same verse that we're looking at. Uh, and I love it. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. I, I love that sort of thought and that picture. Uh, what, a, what a powerful thing. Before you, A sense of God's wholeness. When you choose to fight, when, do the spiritual battle, and you just say, God, I'm, I'm not giving in to where the enemy wants to take me. I'm trusting in you. I know that you're good. I know that you got me. And I, I know that you love me and I'm yours. And you press back into his presence and then things begin to happen. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Because it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry there at the center of your life. And that's what he wants from us. That's what we dig into. So, last thing. Once you have that peace in your life, once you're experiencing that peace, don't let anybody quickly and easily take it away from you. Because the enemy doesn't want you there, I promise you, he he'll will try and stir it up. Do not be experiencing the peace of God and let somebody who doesn't know how to drive properly steal that peace from you. <laughs> if you're a new timer, I talk a lot about my issues with driving. But it doesn't have to. And that, whatever your situation, don't let that happen. Decide, you know what, I don't hang on to it. And when you find yourself feeling messed up in, in your gut or in your brain not stopping, go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to feel like that. I'm going to press back into his presence because that's where I find life. And in his presence, that's when things really begin to change and when I'm encouraged and I can encourage others to make a difference. Listen, hang out a little bit, not only in Philippians 4, 7 this week, but also in John 14, 27. And, and just think about what it means that he gives us peace and, and that we don't need to be afraid and our hearts don't need to be stirred up. There's something very powerful in there. So hang on to both those things. Spend some time in there over this week. Uh, next week is Palm Sunday and we have a Palm Sunday message and then it's Easter and we'll have an Easter message. They'll, they'll be about Jesus. What do you think? And then, uh, then we're going to finish this series the following week, okay, when we talk about contentment. So we're not done, but we're almost done, but we need to give some attention to Palm Sunday and Easter. But that's where we'll end for today. Ministry team, those are here, why don't you hang over to the wall? People over there are here to pray for you. But listen, all of this, the peace of God, Holy Spirit dwelling in us, all of that happens when we respond to the invitation of Jesus into his story. When, when we realize that the way we respond is we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. And if you've never done that, I want you to do it now. It's just, Jesus... Will you be my Lord and my Savior? It's the, it's the best decision you will ever make in your life. Things begin now for you. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? As we were talking about peace this morning, as Steve was ministering to us, I just felt like the Lord showed, showed me that there's a family and you're in a lot of conflict 
lot of conflict in your family. What the Lord wants you to know today is that he wants to give you peace, and he's going to multiply that peace in your family like he multiplied the loaves and the fishes. So if that's for you, just rest. God, God's on his way there. Multiplied peace. I like it. Yeah, so Papa, I pray for that peace that passes understanding for all of us today. And God, let us rest in it. Let us, if we're not experiencing that peace, let us engage in the spiritual battle that leads back to that peace and not be satisfied for anything less. And God, that in your peace, we can be encouraged to encourage the world around us, God. And use us, God, to make a difference here in this place, in this community, on these islands, in this state, in this country, God. Use us to make a difference for you. Church, thanks again for your amazing generosity. We love partnering with you uh, and just making a difference locally and globally. It's fascinating what God can do with a generous people. And so bless you for that. And we thank you for your giving and your offering and your tithing. Bless you, bless you bless you. Uh, Again, prayer will be over there. If you need prayer for anything, let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. These doors will be open for you. Head out this way. Prayer will be over there. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. God bless you guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, As I said there at the end, so next week it's a Palm Sunday message. I'm excited to share with you. Have a great week. Have a great rest of the day, and we'll see you next week. See you on the camera. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.